Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany. So I've been on this kick of learning about scientists and like inventors for episodes of the show because, you know, unless you're really seeking out or like reading a book that talks about it, when you get older... I think you don't get to learn as much as you would learn if you're, you know, in homeschool or unschooling or whatever it is you do, because a lot of the information we already have, but we've never like looked up the people, you know, that, that we're hearing about. And so it's been fun for me to get to do that. So a couple episodes ago, Connor and I talked about my favorite inventor of all time, Nikola Tesla, probably second only to Benjamin Franklin, who I think a lot of people forget <laughs> inventor, but he was yeah. brilliant. Inventor. He did a lot of things. He, he was a, he wore many hats. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Nikola Tesla was incredible. Uh, we talked about him a couple episodes ago. Today, I want to talk about another very important, I don't know if we'd call him an inventor. I think he's more of just a scientist, but his name, his name is funny too. Galileo Galilei. I love the way that sounds. It's like a, like a stage name, like a musician made up or something. So why was he so important? Well, Galileo was born in Italy in 1564. So to give you a perspective of how long ago that was, if you listen to our Tesla episode, he was born, uh, Galileo was born 300 years before Mm -hmm. Nikola Tesla. And already Nikola Tesla was born, you know, 200-ish years ago. So long, long time ago. After what's considered the medieval times, like it's a little bit after, but not, not much. So yeah. All right. So long, long time ago, and it was during what was called the Italian Renaissance. So the Italian Renaissance was a time when like art and music and architecture and science were really booming. And Galileo, he was an accomplished musician, actually. And he was a really good student. He did. He loved school. So he wanted to become a doctor first. And he went to the University of, I think it's called it's probably Pisa. <laughs> that was really bad. I just offended Italians all over the world. Like Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? Is that yeah, Pisa? Okay, Pisa. I'm I'm not sure how to pronounce. Yeah, it. I'm not. I do not speak Italian. Um, so he wanted to study medicine, and he went to school in 1581. But while he was there, he became really interested in physics and mathematics, two things that do not interest me at all. <laughs> I like the music part, but the, he lost me there. But um, one of his first scientific observations was um, there was a lamp hanging from a ceiling, like on like a little like rope, and it was in a cathedral. And he noticed that despite how far the lamp swung, so imagine a lamp swinging, it took the same amount of time to uh, wait, it took the same amount of time to swing back and forth. Okay. And I, I'm sitting here like moving in that direction and I realize you cannot see me. So, <laughs> Like pendulums, I guess, is what you call them. So like hold, and we'll get into that word in a a minute. So like if you hold, I think the easiest way to be like, if you have like a necklace or something like that um, and you hold it in your hand, like hold it up with like your thumb and and forefingers and you swing it back and forth. Mm -hmm. What's something else? Oh, like a clock, Um, like a grandfather clock. Yeah. That's that's an actual pendulum. What else? I tend to just – I tend to think of just the pendulum pendulum toys, you know, those little balls that you bounce back and forth. That's That's what I I think think of of too. So your homework assignment is to Google Pendulum so you can get kind of a visual for this because I think that will really help um, show you how cool this is. So he – this observation didn't really agree with common scientific principles of the day because back then they just kind of like, oh, well, this is what philosophers said 300 years ago, so that's probably how it is. And they were not – they didn't 
they didn't know a whole lot back then. They knew some great, there's some good stuff we learned, but they didn't know everything. But that's because, and Galileo is largely responsible for this, the scientific method wasn't really a thing. And what I mean wasn't really a thing, it wasn't a thing back mm -hmm. then. And a refresher on the scientific method, that is the structure of all science, right? So it first begins with just observing the world around you and you notice something. So for Galileo, why is the pendulum, you know, why does it take the same amount of time to swing back and forth? For Newton, it was uh, the laws of gravity. I can't remember when it was the apple fell on his head as the, oh, the way the story so goes. Yeah. Um, and then what's – so then you – from there, you know, you build a hypothesis. You test your hypothesis. I should remember all of these because when I was a teacher, we had a song, first observe the world you see, da, da, da. and I, I wish I could remember all of it, but it was fun. It was a cute song. Um, but so that, those are the scientific method. If you've ever had to do a science fair project, which I guarantee if you're in public school, your parents hated because that stressed out the parents in my school. Not, it was at a private not, school. But not so my dad, my inventor dad. He loved it. He like, he pretty much like wanted to do the whole thing. But again, no, he, was a big, he was a fan of science fair projects. <laughs> it went two ways with my students. Either the parents didn't, like the student didn't tell them about it until the night before when they were supposed to spend a month on this. Or like, and the parent was frantically doing all night, which was not what the assignment was. Uh, so it was just, it's it's funny. I've never seen more uh, stressed out students or parents <laughs> the science fair. Um, so yeah, so that scientific, op or scientific method is, you know, it always starts with that observation and then you make a hypothesis. So in, in his case, the hypothesis would be, why are they taking the same amount of time, you know, to swing back and forth? And then you would have tested that out. They didn't do that back then. Like that wasn't, a thing, right? People didn't question things. They just assumed that it was the way it is and, and they didn't even try to figure it out. So that's why science didn't make a whole lot of, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of breakthroughs until around this time. So he wanted to figure out why this was happening. And he got really obsessed with pendulums. as We talked about levers, um, like balls and other objects like that. Um, and so he wanted to describe how they moved using mathematic equations, which I'm speaking Ronnie's language now. <laughs> yep. Not my language, but you know what I actually think it compares to? So I'm I'm a musician. I think about notes. Mm -hmm. Notes are like a formula for how the music is. is, right? And so when we talk about how he's using math to explain something scientific, same thing. The, the math, the equations, the numbers are like the notes for music. So, you know, think of it that way. If you don't, if you're like me and you don't love science, but you have to realize it's kind of the same in that way. Yeah. Mu music is math. A lot of people don't realize music that. is math. There's a lot of half notes and quarter notes and eighth notes. And it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So he invented an advanced measuring device called the hydrostatic balance. And it is your homework to go figure out exactly how that worked <laughs> and what it did. Um, so he made these huge contributions again to the scientific method because that just wasn't done back then. And, you know, we've talked a lot about science being ever-changing and you don't know if something is true until you test your theories. And even then you don't really know. So this was much needed. So, okay. So one of the traditional beliefs is if you drop two items, this is back then, of different weights, but they were the same, uh, they were the same shape and size, but different weights, the heavier item would land first. That was what it was thought. So Galileo tested this idea by going to the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and he dropped two balls of the same size but different weights, and they landed at the same time. Wait, wait, wait. So we were talking about science fair experiments, right? And I said yes. that my dad loved them. In kindergarten, I remember this vividly, my dad who like, came up with the idea and basically did the whole thing with me. My science fair experiment was this. We had two tubes that were clear tubes, and we had a whole bunch of different objects, and we dropped them from the top of the tubes, and then we had a bell at the bottom 
and we would see if the bells would ding at the same time. No, oh, that's fun. So that was that was my kindergarten science fair project <laughs> was recreating this experiment. That's adorable. I love that. How fun. How fun to have an inventor dad. You're like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, when Beauty and the Beast came out, I did feel a little bit like, hey, I have an inventor dad. <laughs> she was reading books and her dad was And an I read books. Yep. Yes. So in 1592, which isn't that around the time? Is it 1492? Columbus. Okay. So it was 100 years before. Yeah. Um, so Galileo moves to a different, um, university where he was permitted to, ex- to experiment with his new ideas and permitted meaning he had to get permission to do that. Isn't that crazy? So he's brilliant and his contributions are incredible, but not everybody thought that way because Galileo was questioning, you know, things that had been well established. And one of those things was that, um, the earth or the sun, sorry, was at the center of the universe, that the earth revolved, wait, am I saying that right? Earth revolved, yeah, earth revolved around the sun. Yes, that's the right one, right? Wait, he he thought, they used to think it was the other way around, that the sun went around us. They thought the other way around, and they thought the earth was at the center of the universe. And to say anything different, well, he already knew was going to cause problems because Copernicus, who was a little bit before Galileo's time, he proposed that the sun was the center of the universe, and like people disagreed with him so much. The Catholic Church And back then, keep in mind, especially in Italy, the Catholic Church was kind of one and the same with government. So when we talk about the Catholic Church in this context and in this place and time, you have to remember that they made a lot of the laws or at least they like pressured a lot of laws. So if the Catholic Church spoke out against you, you were in you were in some trouble. So up until that point, you know, again, everybody thought the earth was the center. But then Galileo comes along a little bit later, not too much after Copernicus, but a little bit later. And he begins to think like, you know what? maybe he had some points, you know, this is, he, he's, he may have been speaking the truth. So Galileo took these theories on really wanted to test them. So he heard of this invention called the telescope that could make faraway items, you know, seem much closer. And he decided to build his own, but he took it and he made so many great improvements. This could be an intellectual property argument, uh, mm-hmm. Ronnie, because it didn't have a patent on it. And he took it and made mm-hmm. new improvements. <laughs> And people, and he began to use it to view planets. And soon his version was the one that started being used all through Europe. So that's a fun trivia fact for you. He helped with the telescope. So made a lot of um, discoveries with this, including finding uh, the four large moons around uh, Jupiter and like phases of the planet Venus and a bunch of other stuff like that. So his work continued, but he still could not give up this idea that Copernicus may have been right about the earth not being the center of the universe and the earth revolving around the sun. So he dedicates a lot of his life to to feel like to proving this point and he writes books on his theories and the Catholic Church comes up again and they're meaning not just to Copernicus to Galileo and they really don't like what he's doing and they call him a heretic. A heretic is somebody who engages in heresy and heresy is when you promote any idea or belief that is against like the a church. So in this case, the Catholic church, like what they believe. And this could get you into a lot of trouble. And it did because even though Galileo was this brilliant man who we now look back at as like, oh, he did so much for the telescope and this and that, he ended up getting sentenced to uh, life in prison. But they changed that luckily. So he, but he was on house arrest for the rest of his life where he lived and he eventually died there. And he was still writing and doing all that stuff from his house, but he was literally confined. He could not leave his house. And I want to, in the last couple minutes, uh, throw this to Ronnie. And why do you think government would be so scared of putting someone, so scared that they would put somebody in jail for believing something different from what they believe? Well, it's funny. As you're telling the story, I immediately am just thinking, oh, the government is 
like the Catholic church was back then. We have yep. a certain set of beliefs and now it just used to be more religious based and now it's government based. But if you don't follow the governmental beliefs, can't have that. And of course we think of, you know, COVID um, yes. and COVID scientists. That, that definitely comes to mind first. Especially in California where they made a Oh law yeah, that's right. I can't that be- it's crazy, right? That basically said um, doctors can't question the, the approved, and you don't see my scare quotes right now, the like, the approved COVID like narrative basically, which is decided on by a board of people who aren't actually doctors. Yeah. Um, and if you speak out against that, you, or if you say anything contrary to that, if you even question vaccines or any of the the science, and I say that in scare quotes too, you can lose your license and you lose your job. So That's very so scary. Stuff. I know. I can't. If I think if I was still in California, I would be freaking out so much more about that. Um, but um, yeah. I, I don't it's know. Just, that's it's, no, it's yeah, no, it's crazy stuff because yes, they're not putting them in jail, but they are taking their livelihood yeah. away from them, you know. So it's it feels kind of the same to me, and it's yeah. just crazy. And I think LA is a good uh, a good way to remember that. There's a great quote that we'll end on, and I'm going to butcher this, but it's something along the lines of. Um, today's heretics are tomorrow's heroes. Mm -hmm. So somebody that might be saying something crazy today that you're thinking, oh, that's just, oh, that's not science, might turn out later was like, oh, actually that was, that saved a lot of life. So you never know. So that's why you should question everything and consider all ideas. So we will leave it at that. Thank you everybody for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, we will talk to you later. All right, see you soon. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.